0: Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris and I'm Simon Sandspring. For those of you who were
1: patiently holding on whilst we had our technical difficulties with the stream, thank you for doing so. Uh, This is our ill-fated, it would seem, electoral reform photo id special which we've tried to do a couple of times before and uh we're almost overwhelmed by technical issues this evening but uh, simon has bravely battled through and uh, we're good to go are we not simon
0: um well we are now uh, we've just lost the original link um so um people will only be getting this notification if they follow us in our various uh, social media locations so um so my apologies if um those who wanted to watch the the, the show aren't going to make it but yeah we are going out um and indeed um i can see that we we do have an audience so um let's crack on shall we my apologies everybody yeah. while we frantically pulled our hair out or at least i did um yes indeed so
1: Let's let's dive into the meat of, so photo ID, what's changing? How is How will this election be different to those of elections gone by, Simon?
0: So, um, get a sense of deja vu. Um, so in this election, um, if you want to vote in person at a polling station, um, you're going to need to take some form of voter identification with you. Um, and um, about 4% of the UK population don't have the sort of um, photo ID that's going to be required, um, but we will cover later on in the show how you can for free get hold of some photo ID so that you are able to vote, or indeed make sure that you've got the link to register to vote to vote, sort of register to vote on um, by post, um, so that you get a, basically a postal ballot and therefore you won't need any ID anyway. So, because um, it's not like the postie is going to like check it before you put it in the in the in the Latin box um so, so yeah that's that's what's what, changing. what
1: must i go armed with to to cast my stone
0: so if you want to be able to vote in person on may the 4th you are going to need some form of voter id and apologies with the issues that we've been having i'm just trying to reload up the graphics so i'm just trying frantically to get to the page that i wanted so you are going to be um in need to take with you so Set a reminder on your phone or leave a, leave a post-it note on the back of your door on um, on election day. Um, you're going to need to either take a passport with you, with you um, some form of local travel uh, documentation. There's certain concessionary travel cards. I'll post in a second the link where you can go and find out all of the specific details um, of each of those things. Photo driving license, that, that doesn't need to be a full driving license. A provisional will be fine. Uh, blue badge, other forms of government issued mm. document. Oh, sorry, on.
1: No, I was just arraying the blue badge.
0: Yeah, um, so other go a government local issued documents, other um, a biometric immigration document, a defence identity card and national identity cards. Um, it, you know, if you're not a UK national that's entitled to vote, then um, you you may be from a, a country that, that has those. Um, or some form of proof, proof of age card, an identity card with the pass mark. So that's a proof of age standard scheme uh, mark. So you'll be able to use any of those or if you don't have any of those, then um, then you can get a voter authority certificate um, issued for free by the Electoral Commission via your uh, via the Electoral Services team at your at your local council. So they will issue that for you. And um, in our thoroughness, we tested that process. Mm. Um, I applied for one one Saturday, um, and um, lo and behold, it rocked up. It rocked up the, the the very next Thursday, so it came in less than a week, um, and literally that is a certificate that has the photo on it that you uploaded when you applied, um, and the information that's needed um, for that to um, for you to be able to use it. But it's literally just a certificate, so don't expect some sort of card or something. Do watch out for that in the post, um, and it comes in a handily identi- easily identifiable envelope. Which has got orange um, strips um, in the corners. If I try and put that into the into the camera there, you you can see that there are orange strips there. So do look out for that um, if you have um, if you've applied online uh, for one. But it comes very very quickly um, and it's easy to get. It's also worth mentioning that your passport, um, as long as you can visually be recognised as you, um, and the name that's on the passport is the name that you are on the electoral roll as that will be fine. Your driving license, again, it needs to be a likeness of you with the name as you are registered on the electoral roll, but it does not have to have your current address. Um, so your uh-huh. passport doesn't need to be in date. Your, um, your driving license doesn't need to have your, your current address. Essentially what the, um, what the officers in the polling station are doing is verifying that the person in front of them is the person that they say they are. So they're matching the name against and then also matching your eligibility to vote against the electoral roll. So they'll ask for your name and your address, but they won't ask for anything else.
1: And interestingly, I've been in the research we've done. I said this, my notes tell me that this doesn't apply in Scotland and Wales, but I'm now doubting myself. So any of our Welsh or Scottish viewers, please double check online. Um, But I do know for definite, it does not apply in Northern Ireland or rather it does apply and has done for nearly 20 years. So voter ID in Northern Ireland was brought in in 1986, when there was a genuine perceived, well, a real problem with, and we're gonna give a new word alert here, personation, which is when somebody turns up pretending to be somebody they're not at a polling station. And during the those, uh, those elections in the mid eighties, um, over 160 people were arrested and convicted of such offences. So Northern Ireland moved first to a, a system where you had to turn up with something with your name and address on it. And then in 2003, they moved to full photo ID. Um, so it will be their 20th anniversary this year round. So I guess that segues us into into why why photo ID now? Um, plenty of theories abound, Simon, um, in terms of why it's being brought in.
0: Um, yeah, indeed. There's, um, I mean, the, the the Electoral Commission carry out a survey every year and they ask people about their confidence in the electoral system. Um, uh, and they ask them several things about what they feel um, should change. Um, so it's, it's interesting to kind of sort of, if I kind of start this off with a, with a thing of mm. if you asked people, do they know what elections take place in their part of the country and and how they work? Um, it's not the full set of figures. But interestingly, interestingly enough, um, the Electoral Commission's data says that if you asked people um, about UK Parliament elections, they'd say they'd know a little. 36% would say they'd know a little about UK Parliament elections and how they work and how to vote. And only 13% or sorry, and 13% would say it exists, but I don't know and don't know, but know nothing about them or that they don't know about this type of election at all. If you look at local elections, 46% Mm. of people know a little about them and 21%, so as many as 21, you know, more than than a fifth of voters. um, It exists, but they don't know anything about them or they don't know anything about this type of election at all. That's even higher for police and crime commissioner elections where 39 percent of people know a little bit about them uh, but 49 percent know that it exists but don't know about the elections um and, or don't know about it at all so there's quite some quite interesting numbers there from a point of view of um if we're trying to fix issues or engagement or um satisfaction if you like with the electoral process um kind of seems there's a big thing to do there about about educating the electorate about how different elections work. Um, so th- mm. so, there's, so there's that kind of to say, but if you asked people, and this is, this is what the electoral commission did. If you asked them for their confidence, are elections well run? 74% of people said that they felt that they were very or fairly confident that they were well run. But as many as 22% said that they are not at all confident or not very confident in how well they are run. Um,
1: that's one in five adults mm. are 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 kind of nervous of the current electoral system. So I guess that segues on to the question of what what have we got any explanation as to why they feel like that?
0: Hey, yeah, we have. That's that's broken down. I won't go through the whole list because it's a bit it's a bit of a list. But basically, um, the so the biggest contributing reason. That, that people cited uh, was that TV or press coverage is biased or badly presented. 46%. I hope they weren't talking about us there. Oh, forty two 42% said that the voting system is unfair and outdated or I want a different voting system. 41% said that campaigning is based on incorrect information and made untrue claims. Good grief! Are they saying that leaflets aren't necessarily um, accurate?
1: Politicians lying! Good God! Um, we need a bar chart for that.
0: <laughs> thirty-seven. I here's one I prepared earlier. The thirty-seven percent said that um, elections are affected by fraud or corruption. So bear in mind, we're putting in place Ooh. photo ID, but only thirty-seven percent. I mean, it's still a large number, but thirty-seven percent said that they felt that elections are affected by fraud or corruption. Uh, Thirty-four.
1: No, yeah, so in a statistical way, because I think it's important we reflect on that, that, that's 37% of the people who said that they were concerned. So, Yes, so it's not of the sample as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's about 7% of the total electorate believe that there is, there is fraud and corruption, or potentially fraud and corruption, taking place. Now, I haven't got a slide for it, but the Electoral Commission... Um, basically said there was no evidence for that. If they looked, um, they look back over the previous five years and there had been 11 convictions and 16 cautions issued. So 27 folk in five years, so about five per year. Um, now, what they did say is that not all of those were voter fraud, um, but also that a number of issues were were not were dealt with with words of advice from the police so the statistics uh, it, it's it's interesting when we spoke to terry a week or two ago that thing about their perception of wrongdoing and provable wrongdoing there seems to be quite a significant gap there doesn't there?
0: um it, it does and um and, and the survey goes on to to ask what people would want done in order to improve that so you you, you see these figures that we we've just quoted um, but in contrast to those if you people if you ask people whether they're satisfied with the electoral process 81% of people are satisfied with um, with the electoral process um, which is down slightly from 86% at a high last year um, but still 81% that you know you know so that would you know imply that there's 19% um, that that aren't satisfied with it but there seems mm. to be when you look at is photo ID going to be the thing that's going to shol- solve their dissatisfaction? Um, well, let's have a butcher's of that one. So if I pop that one up, so which one of the following would be most likely to increase your satisfaction with the process of voting at elections? 26% of people that answered said a proportional voting system. 17% if it was possible to vote online. And 16 increased security against electoral fraud and 15% said that nothing would increase my satisfaction. So they're—I mean, at least they're being honest in their determination not to be, <laughs> n- not to be um, yeah. any more pleased yes. with it. Um, and 12% more information on the parties and candidates' standing and their policies. So again, it kind of well, speaks to that education thing of and voters having having armed w- themselves with the information that they need to to cast their votes is uh, obviously a slightly different question to the to the kind of are you know, essentially, do we feel, are we confident that elections are honest in, in that sort of way? So, yeah, it, it doesn't kind of speak to the masses crying out for, there's tons of personation going on. Um, mm. Is there, a, there's a belief or there seems to be a feeling that that's the case. But as you said, when we interviewed um, Deputy uh, Police and Crime Commissioner for Hampshire in the Isle of Wight, Terry Norton, the other week, I'm pretty sure that when, when Terry and, um, and his colleagues organize where to, where to put police resources, stretch as they are, would they, be, would they be sending police officers to where people think crime happens or where crime is actually happening?
1: Yes, and I mean, there's been quite a run-up to this, hasn't there? Mm. In terms, now, interesting, the Electoral Commission first basically suggested photo ID back in 2014, and part of their, you know, part of their sort of rationale was was almost a little bit well, kind of everyone else is doing it, so the vast majority of countries in Europe require photo ID to vote, and it's fairly commonplace all around the world um i think the key piece is that the majority of those european countries also have a mandatory photo id scheme so yeah you know again we won't take the lid off that particular can of worms um so it's been a long time coming and i think you know we we i know that there were some trials done as uh as if you want to go looking online if you For my political scribblings, I wrote about this for Star and Crescent back after our local neighbor's gospel um, had their very own photo ID trial. Or in fact, theirs, I think, was a theirs was a you had to bring proof of uh, name and address. And I think that was back in 2018.
0: Um, it was indeed. So they were one of the uh, trial areas um, where um, where trials of photo ID took place. You're absolutely right. In 2000, uh, 2018. Um and indeed the Electoral Commission com- did a report on how many. Pe- and we use Gosport because it's the most local example to us. Mm. But how many people? How many people in Gosport were turned away at the polling booth of, out of an electorate of sixty two thousand? How many were turned away, and how many came back with photo ID? and how many didn't Um, I I would ask you to guess but I know that you already know the answer so I'm just gonna put it on screen Um, so again out of that electorate of 62,000 47 were turned away with wrong ID 73 were turned away without ID and of those 120 that were turned away um, 54 didn't return so 45% of the people that that were turned away didn't come back but that 45% those 54 voters only represent 0.4% of the electorate
1: and interesting because that sort of mirrors the stats that I've got from the London School of Economics who also did a, a bigger piece there were several trials in 2019 and across the whole all of the trials they saw 2000 people turned away and of those 750 didn't come back so you know, a sort of slightly higher return rate from theirs, but in the same sort of ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we've we got that situation where those that are kind of, you know, invested to vote, it, it seems that, you know, even if they have turned up ill-equipped, as it were, that their motivation to vote means that they, you know, they're, they're going to make sure that their voice is heard.
0: Yeah, indeed. And, and although there are, um, I mean, you you can also, so the concern would be that yes, there are going to be some people that will be disenfranchised by, uh, by the need to vote. And they're actually um, disproportionately um, spread amongst our communities. So um, we, we said it at the, at the start of the show. That about 4% of the UK population, sorry, the GB population as a whole don't have the necessary mm. photo ID um that they're going to need to elect in sorry to vote in person in May. Um, however, when you look at how they split into different kind of communities, 10% of those rent are renters from housing associations, 14% of them are unemployed. Um uh, sorry, not 14% of them the rate the number without the photo ID sorry is 10% in renting mm. but those with housing association rents 14% in um, who are unemployed and 17% are renting from a local authority so for example in those groups they are much more likely not to have photo ID so therefore potentially more likely or more at risk of not being able to vote in May Um. so, so yes
1: can- and And I think those are very interesting stats because, you know, we've we're asking the question why. And we know that Mm. there is that there are, you know, there are various hypotheses out there, including some um, from local councillors who are voicing the concern that that this is a this is a this is a construct um, to disenfranchise or to, to create a barrier for the. Uh, effectively the poorer end of society who would be less likely to vote conservative um, to, to to effectively uh, there are hints towards gerrymandering in terms of the you know which is what's behind this uh, I, I'm not sure that those those kind of claims really stand any scrutiny um, you know again it, it's further reinforced by I I think, you know, in London, the Oyster card, if you have a senior citizen's Oyster card, you can use that to vote. Um, If you have a younger person's Oyster card, um, that is not sufficient ID. But when you go and do the digging around, to get a senior person's Oyster card, you have to present all the necessary bona fides that you would do to get photo ID, whereas if you're a younger Oyster card user, um, you don't need to rock up with All of the appropriate documents. So, I, I guess the, you know, the 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 why piece is that that a good time now to talk us through, you know, again, how difficult or easy was it for you to, to um to get a certificate of authentication to prove that you are Simon Aloysius
0: <laughs> Pilchard. So, Sandsbury. Um um for, for actually to be honest for a website that was designed by people that work for government um actually it was really bloody simple um, yeah. you literally clicked the link you um filled in your name your address you need your national insurance number um you can apply without it it just might might make it slower and um, more difficult to get you um to get you your voter authority certificate but you put that information in um, and if you don't have your NI number, you can find it on your payslip. It's quite easy to do. Um, you upload a digital photo. So most people these days have got phones or access to something to be able to take a photo on, against a plane. You know, usual sort of things that you would for a passport photo on a plain background, um, wearing glasses if you wear glasses, but not wearing glasses if you don't, not pulling any particular face and obviously just a plain um, image you, of you facing, facing the camera um, works fine. And literally I emailed that off and thought, well you know we we quite often yeah. expect that things that are organized by um, by government to not actually necessarily work that quickly um but the this is um this is delivered by the democratic services team at, at the local council so it's not it's not like it goes off into some great big glorious hole in whitehall for someone to to um to sort out mm. this is actually dealt with by um by By some, you know, by basically by a local team. If they've got issues with the information that you're providing or they need other forms of documentation to demonstrate that you're um, okay, um, sorry, to demonstrate the the validity um, of your identity, then they will contact you and ask you for them. Um, You can download the form and fill it in in on paper form and and send it off um, in the post if you want to. Um, But essentially, if you want to apply for a voter authority certificate, you need to make sure that it is in the hands of your local electoral services team by, hang on,
1: is it? Six f- working days before the election, which by my maths is by 5 p.m. on the Tuesday before the election,
0: which is
1: 4.3rd, 2nd. Yeah, the so bad, it's, the, it's the 25th. Uh, so
0: basically you need yes. to, you know, basically you want to get it to that, make sure it's in their hands by the by the. Uh, by five PM on the on the twenty fifth of April, um, of course, um, applying online is a bit easier. I'm just popping the the link there um, into into the chat stream, um, but but yeah, honestly, really really simple. So, if you are a person that does not have photo ID and intends to vote, one of your options is to get a voter rolls authority certificate. So, click that link, fill in the details, and get one. Another one of your options. Is to vote by post, um, and you can apply for that um, as long as that is in the hands of your um, local um, electoral services team or democratic services team, um, and that needs to be in their hands by five pm on the eighteenth of April. So eighteenth of April, if you want yep. to, if you want to postal vote, um, and if you're not registered to vote at all, obviously you can't apply for these things if you're not registered to vote. Well, but you still have time and, to and do that
1: yeah well and that's one of the interesting stats isn't it that is that there are there are the estimates are between two and three million people who do not have the photo id but there are actually seven and a half million who aren't registered to vote
0: yeah so how much of that two and a half million is in that seven and seven odd million that that aren't registered to vote anyway is that what you're saying
1: oh i've I feel a Venn diagram coming on. <laughs> but yes, that's that is the, we, we uh, don't have
0: one. Don't worry, we we, it, our, our no, stats no, team no. haven't got that excited.
1: No, uh, no. But to be fair, that, you know, there is that element, isn't it of, you know, with seven and a half million people disenfranchised enough not to register to vote. The, the, the key question, I guess, is is, you know, as you say, how much of the overlap is there in, in terms of the people who don't have the photo ID? Um, because there was some concern expressed, um, I think at the end of February, I think there had only been ten thousand applications for the uh, the certificate out of the estimates of between two and three million. I guess you know you would expect that number to be relatively low because the 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 you know the the amping up of the information and the you know the the you know all the kind of noise around it hadn't really started. Um, but now, as you say, the the system touch wood appears to be running very efficiently, and I think you were three four days, weren't you, to get yours?
0: Well, I applied on the Saturday, and I received it in the post on the Thursday. So, yeah, yeah so, you know, if you think working days, I mean working days, yeah, that I mean that was that was yeah. really really good. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's kind of the thing is that. Yes people I mean Lindsay. people people will have their own views about what the motivation behind this is and as we've discussed about whether it really solves a particular problem that exists or whether whether it doesn't um but actually if you if you're intending to vote or you think it's at all likely that you're going to vote in May's elections and we both think that it's important that you do um because you know people it's your voice you sh- you should have it yep. um regardless of who you intend to vote for we you know we we're, we're quite we're, we're, we're quite firm believers in it's pro-voting as democratic examples go, voting, it's a good thing you should do it, and often um, but yeah, if you're thinking that you're not going to be able to vote because of a lack of photo ID, you can easily get some. If you can't do that, then you can apply for a postal ballot um, and if you're not registered to vote yet at all in may's local election and what's happening in your local area or indeed you feel that you want to cast a local representation of how you feel about what the national government's doing because some people do that when no. they're talking about le- um, local no. elections then however Not you w- people to do that however you want to use your vote it's your vote and if you don't have one already you can register to vote by 11:59 pm on april the 17th um and the link is in the chat so again there's all of these ways to to actually Make sure that you don't miss out. Don't be one of those people on the day that doesn't remember to tell your stuff. So, put a reminder on your phone. Put a post-it note on the back of your front door to remind you to take your ID with you if you don't normally. If you're a driver, you've probably got your driving licence with you all the time anyway. I'm sure you have, because you're meant to. Um, but if you're relying on your passport, you might not carry that with you all the time. Um, so, yeah. You arm yourself with what you need to be able to go. Um, and... If there are delays caused at the polling stations because of voter ID requirements, do remember that if you are in the queue at 10pm, so polling stations close at 10pm, if you're in the queue at 10pm, no matter how long the queue is, you are entitled to vote. Absolutely. And so I think that segues
1: us, um, you know, really into the, into the, the kind of last piece of our, you know, of our analysis, which is, you know, Will this make a difference to the outcome of the elections? And is it a good idea, yes or no?
0: Um, I, d- I don't know that this, in and of itself, is going to make as much of a difference to the outcome of the elections. Because if the Gosport example was was anything to go by, um, what if only 0.4% of the electorate and the turnout is what only Um, is what probably what between 20 and 40 percent then is that really and I mean in some wards that might that could make a difference but again voters need to arm themselves with what they need to be able to go cast their vote rather than allow their vote to be lost so will it make a difference I don't know but I guess if there's some unexpected results I should imagine there's bound to be someone claiming that it did
1: well, and and as you know, we we like a statistic and we like a spreadsheet and we keep a close eye on on voter turnout whenever we do, we review our local elections. And I think there is a piece for me where, you know, it's a bit of a double edged sword in this case, isn't it? Because, as you point out, the election, the, the turnout is relatively low it, it, no, in in some wards is is agonizingly, disappointingly low. So. know there is an argument that says anything that makes the democratic process harder should be avoided at all costs you know as pro-voting people ourselves you know that that that, that's one side of it but there is a piece of me that thinks it is 2023 and i I covered this in the piece that i wrote at the time you need photo id for many many things now I am a more mature gentleman. I do not go into the more lurid and lively night spots of Portsmouth. But I know, because my children have done in the past, that for you to get into those night spots, you must produce photo ID. And they scan it, such that should anything untoward happen in the club later, and their TV will match up your face with your photo ID, and they will hold you responsible. So there is a little bit of me that says, well, in 2023, it, it feels a bit antiquated to be able to just walk up. And if I quote the title of my article, I'm Brian, and so
0: is my wife, and just be able to vote.
1: Um.
0: I, I, yeah I mean I, I get I mean I, I asked us I had a similar um feeling and I asked my daughter who at the at, at, at the time that this kind of came out um would have been you know would have been out going to entertainment establishments and, and such like and and I thought that there would actually be a despondency um from people of that age that oh, well, it's, you know, it's just trying to, because, you know, a lot of them don't have uh, passports, for example, um, to, 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 to discourage them from voting. Because ironically, actually, the young, as, as much as um, they might be um, impassioned and idealistic, sadly, they, they don't vote in large enough numbers. Um, and, you know, the cynic might say, well, this is just a way to try to discourage more young people from voting. But my daughter made exactly the same point you have. I have to have ID for everything else that I go do. Why is this any different?
1: Mm. yeah and, that, and i think that is that that, that is so I, you know, that yeah perfect example i mean my my view is that you know again i i would encourage all young people to vote once they sort of turn 40 45 perhaps to have reached full maturity and and have um, made that political journey um but uh no joking aside i think you know we've got that situation now where this is becoming a reality and, and again i look at it um from the point of view that you know ultimately you you've got access through this process now to get free photo id yeah does it have your date of birth on it uh
0: n- he says hang on oh yeah sorry i've sprung that on you right yeah you you've just yeah in. no it has and the and the voter authorities certificates although they recommend you renew them the renewal date of mine is is uh 2033 so i'm I'm, presuming I'm going to look a lot different then so that probably does make sense um yep but it, it doesn't have an expiry date no it doesn't have my date of birth on it so it wouldn't be any use for me it, uh, it wouldn't you know not that I think that the, the the cashier in Sainsbury's or Tesco is likely to ask or uh, ID when I go to,
1: under 25 sir yeah
0: when I when I go to yeah, I might when I go say. to buy some gin um I don't think that's likely but but nonetheless you know, it's a it's a sheet of paper that allows you to vote that you can very, very easily get hold of or you can very, very easily vote, um, register to vote by post if you think it's at all likely that you might be away um, during the election. Don't forget, if you, if you have signed up for a postal ballot um, and you forget to send it off because it needs to arrive at your local council offices by 10pm on election day, if you've not sent it off, you can just go put it in a ballot box in... Um, in any ballot box in your municipal area. So oh, I never either. Yeah.
1: so if I was to go for the the postal vote and being the disorganized chap that I am I realize on May the 4th I have not posted in cast my vote mm-hmm.
0: yeah, then I can, you can, uh, just can go and pop it in the box go bang, go bang it in the box yeah so you know there are there are there are actually lots of ways uh, to do it I do th- find it interesting that when you look at um when you look at people's determination to vote, that's very different in general elections to it is in local elections. Um, so it will be an interesting test to see what ha- what effect this has on the next general election, which should be sometime within the next year to 18 months, depending on um, how many changes of government we have in that time. Um, and, you know, when you look at the difference, the, the percentage of people say that they always vote in a general election compared to a local election is 75% versus fifty seven percent. Sometimes mm. voting is fourteen percent versus twenty eight percent. And I never vote is five percent in a general election and ten percent in a local election. So again, these are these are from the electoral commission's figures uh for twenty twenty two. So I I guess for me uh, uh, Go vote. Go vote.
1: Well and I think I think what you've touched on there, Simon is a potential practicality issue, isn't it? And that that is the That's the only thing that that I I guess a local election isn't going to stress the system. Um, You know, because we've all, you know, you and I, we we cast our vote as regularly as we should. But in a general election, there does tend to be, particularly at sort of peak times, queues at polling stations. And I guess the, you know, that is the nervousness, isn't it? Is that if, you know, and it's not going to be for this time, but if in a future election... You know, you have got people who haven't come with the right, you know, with the right information or that information, I guess, needs to be scrutinized in some way by um, the folk who are there at the desk with their big printout and a pencil and a ruler. If that slows things up, then I, I guess there is that logistical challenge, isn't there, of processing people through in the appropriate time frame. But I would guess with the turnouts that we see at um, local elections that probably isn't going to stress the system
0: this time around well hopefully not i mean um the, the advice on the electoral commission's website it talks about um to be honest with you it talks about if you're unwell don't go to um to um to the polling station um you can get an emergency proxy ballot if you contact um your local council um and if you are going do take a face covering with you take your own pen So we're not in the times of COVID, but I think there's still the, you know, the recognition of those kind of things just to, you know, just to kind of help you. But yeah, it it might cause some more queues. It might cause a delay in processing each vote. But what's likely to be the delay is people not having ID or not knowing that they need ID and then... Quite understandably, quite being quite confused and perhaps quite irritated, and and challenging um, the officers that are there on the day. So the best thing you can do to Mm. actually help help um, the officers manning the um, the polling station is to go with your photo ID and go prepared to show it, so that you can they can process. Um, you quite quickly give you your ballot. You can cast your vote and and be on your merry way and and feel comfortable and that warm a glow of your contribution to um, to making your local community better. That's that that's all the things. But yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, oh, so, I guess in conclusion, our our, you know, it, it it's solving a problem that doesn't exist mm-hmm. because. To, to influence even a local election with turnouts so very low, you, you, you're you going to have to, you'd need hundreds yeah. of folk to rock up and pretend to be somebody they're not. So it isn't solving a problem that already exists. It Are we going to agree that it, it doesn't feel like a massive barrier to the voting process?
0: Uh, interestingly, as much as we talked about perception versus reality, I think the perception is that it will be a massive barrier and it will be a greater mm. barrier for some people in our community than it will for others. But the reality is that you, you can easily get past that barrier. So yeah, I think there's going to be, there might well be lots of words exchanged um, about how much of a barrier it is, but whether it will be or not, we'll, we'll see after the election, but uh, it's, it's not that difficult to do. And interestingly enough, um, w- we talked earlier on about satisfaction in, in the electoral process. Not necessarily confidence, but satisfaction. Northern Ireland, which has had voter ID for years, is actually behind the um, the rest of the UK in voter satisfaction. It's actually slightly behind England. Ooh. It's been catching up. Um, it was about 20% behind, um, I think, um over recent years and and um, in more recent years it's it's kind of caught up so it's it's not actually so far behind but if we think this is going to make people believe in the electoral process more or make people um more confident that the vote is being counted more correctly or if we think that this is going to address people's concerns about where electoral funding comes from or the effectiveness or the veracity of political literature both digital digital and uh, in dead tree format it's not going to address any of those things um no. which which are the big concerns that people do actually highlight um in in the responses uh, to the electoral commission and also if, if the concern is about personation nobody validated that the photo that i submitted was me that no, we did toy
1: didn't we with um with fraudulently applying mm. for a, a, a for each other's um voter id certificate e- but we felt that that uh, e- that that might lead us both into into issues with uh <laughs> with future podcasts and, from a police uh, cell uh, yeah police. um
0: yeah yeah so yeah
1: so uh so yeah. we, we we opted to not do that so i guess
0: yeah so so i guess the
1: key the key thing then is that for to be have Real insight into where you should cast your vote in this May's local elections. The place where you can hear clear and unbiased hustings for the election is the uh, is here at the Pompey Politics podcast. And uh, as we move towards the end of March and the start of April, we will um we will be in full flow again. Um, it would be fair to say at the moment a little bit slow from candidates stepping forward. But um, we expect an avalanche, do we not, in the next few weeks, and we'll probably then have a massively hectic April as we try and fit them all in.
0: Um, yeah, we can. So as much as you can scan the QR code in the in the top left-hand side of the of the um, of the screen uh, to send to send you to our website, and you'll find all of the links there for the Electoral Commission. You'll also find the links there to get in touch with us if you are a prospective candidate at the local elections in May and would like to take part. Or just ask us some questions about how the, how our hustings work um, but we've got about four wards so far where we've reached our our criteria of at least two candidates wanting to take part in the hustings. so we just need to kind of schedule those in um but yeah the, the nominations so that's people registering that they want to stand in the local elections don't close until um until 5pm on the 4th of april when the uh, portsmouth city council have said that they'll have those updated on their website um the next working day so We'll know from then who people are, but as we get closer, inevitably, people will start receiving leaflets with people's names and photos on, so it won't really be that much of a secret anymore, as I'm to who if it's if it is still remains a secret anyway, um, as to as to who the candidates are. But yes, if you are a candidate in the local elections in Portsmouth and you'd like to take part in our hustings, please do get in touch. Um, you can either message us on Facebook or you can email us. That's studio at pp dot uk. Um, studio at pppodcast.uk. Um and we'd love to hear from you. Um as I say, all messages on Facebook. But do uh, like, subscribe, share the heck out of things. Um and sorry, I let you you were gonna say something there, Ian, so
1: No, just if you're not prepared to take part in the hustlings, I boo you loudly until my voice is hoarse. So um yes.
0: Well that's yes. Not do gonna, your democratic
1: that, duty and step that's, forward. That's not doing That's not going
0: to encourage them. But um but by all means have a look at the hustings that we did. We've done in previous years. We give the same. Yep. All of our questions have to be questions that can be asked of all of the candidates, um, and we uh, we have quite understandable um, stipulations about how, you know, basically a two-minute opening speech, the amount of time on each question with a short rebuttal or follow-up if necessary, and, and a closing speech from each candidate. Um, and we do those in quite an amicable way and they've gone um, they've gone um, rather well in, in the wards that um, we've been able to do them for previous years. So, um, yeah, have a look, take part, get in contact with us if, you, if you've if you got any questions and we, we can go through those. But um, if you're perhaps not immediately overwhelmingly enthusiastic do do still reach out we can perhaps assuage some of your some of your fears
1: calm your nerves yeah, yeah. No, rather we'll rather good. than saying focus,
0: boo focus. for not taking part
1: <laughs> no no focus on the cat focus the on cat. the cat
0: yeah, you're, you're yeah you're you're controlling the planet from your you sat there with your um, with your headset on and your absolutely. your cat and your in your chair um but yes yeah, exactly. so we'll be counting down right
1: Marvelously done. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris.
0: And I've been Simon Sansbury. And do join us next week at six twenty-seven, or honestly six twenty-seven, um, when we will be looking at the last full council meeting. Um before the local elections um so that's uh, the council meeting taking place on the 14th of march uh, when there's a plethora of exciting and interesting things on the agenda so we'll go through those and go through the votes and hopefully the council's streaming service will also be working mm. but do join us uh, next week um 6 do like follow subscribe to make sure that you don't miss out on notifications when we go live you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa. Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast.
1: Getting Pompey Politics Podcast
0: from Amazon Music. Alexa, stop. See? It's easy.